Hey guys, welcome back to the Phil Carras Survival Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I'm here in, where are we? Franklin Basin. I don't even know where I'm at. This is low, so I I actually drove out here uh, to do business with Relv Camo, um, with Kurt from Relv, and he's actually sitting next to me with a group of guys. This is weird. I'm in a I'm in a Toyota Tundra in the parking lot with a group of dudes in it. So, um, but I'm sitting out here and I got Mike, who uh, is a photographer. He actually does a lot of photography for Relv, and he's actually done some stuff for us as well. Um, Mike Johnson, and then I got uh, Scott and Pat. And Scott and Pat are avid off roaders that are uh, local boys here in uh, Logan, Utah. And I just wanted to do a, a short podcast because I had the opportunity to uh, experience some. Uh, for me, it was actually, I actually got adrenaline for the first time in about 10 years. Um, <laughs> I was driving off road and I had the the forerunner loaded down in the back. So I got the uh, front runner uh, rear drawer set up. I'm running a uh, Snowmaster fridge. I got the, the forerunner tent or the uh, front runner tent. And it snowed here last night. I think it snowed a little bit here last night. And so I got a little bit of snow, probably about six to eight, eight inches of powder on top of actual ice. And the temperatures above freezing when we were rolling out there, I think it was like 37, 38 degrees when I rolled out. And I started slipping and sliding. And I've never experienced that before because I never experienced that transition of weight in my off-road vehicle. And luckily I had some talented professionals around me that have grown up in this area and actually got out, educated me, gave me a block of instruction on the fly, coached me and even uh, guided me along the way um, as I made it inch by inch. Because I was about to quit. Like, I stopped, and I was like, we need to turn around. Um, but they, they thought that the rig could get through it based off the capability and based on what, what they saw, um, what they saw growing up in this area. So, one, I want to introduce all you guys. Thanks for having um, being guests on the podcast, because I know this is a, a short duration thing. But what I'll do is I'll go around the horn and just describe, like, uh, introduce yourself and kind of describe uh, – who you are, what you do for a living, and and what your experiences are in the outdoor survival off-road kind of realm. And Mike, you know, you're a photographer, so you can talk about your photography nerd stuff. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Go ahead. You can start it off, Kurt. Yeah, you guys you guys probably know me from the podcast we did before with Mike for Relf Camo, so I won't take up a bunch of time, but glad to have him back. We did some awesome stuff this weekend. Glad to meet these guys, too. Uh, some local boys. We all grew up here in the valley, but it's awesome to uh, make some new friends and and learn more about this overland. So, over to Pat. Grew up in Cache Valley, like going off road, playing, building things for the outfits, and just going out and enjoying it, seeing what we can improve on. Yeah, right on. Sweet. Um, my name's Scott, and um, pretty proud of Mike here. <laughs> he, he uh he did really good super confident and everything like that but um yeah i grew up here uh local the canyon roads are a highway for me you know and if i find a trail that haven't i haven't been i need to go down it <laughs> and figure out what uh, what's down there but thankfully i got a good truck and good gear and good people to go with so awesome been good uh mike johnson here i'm a photographer videographer here in logan utah uh, shooting outdoors and off-roading um, hang out with Scott a lot. We had a lot of trails together and just learning to, to play in the mountains a little bit more. So I grew up backpacking and hiking and getting more into the overlanding off-roading side. Nice, Mike. And yeah. what's, what's your, uh, you have an Instagram, you have a handle, you have a website, all that stuff. What's, I do. What, how can people get, a, get uh, in touch my, with you? My website's uh, just mikejohnsonphoto.com and the Instagram's mikejohnson.photo on Instagram. Yeah, what I like about Mike is 
since he grew up in the valley in this area and he's he's used to off-roading i mean you get he has a cool subie that's jacked up it's not lowered like you see most subies um, but it's jacked up in this area because you can't afford to have it low um and he grew up in this area but he's he's used to getting this type of terrain to to be able to do overland shoots outdoor photography kind of stuff um so it's cool to have him on board the guy's a mountain goat <laughs> All right, so yeah, the the main reason I want to have these guys on is because the the wealth of knowledge they have, one on on this area specifically, but just in survival and off road stuff generally. I, I think um, I've been all over the nation, all over the world, really. And anytime I get the opportunity to uh, communicate or talk to somebody and pick their brain, I want to take that opportunity. And um, if I'm doing it, I, obviously I'm going to give the opportunity for the audience to to learn as well, because there's a whole bunch of things that I learned today. Uh, and the experience of off-road that I, that I had with you guys, which was a small glimpse. I mean, we were out there for an hour or two, and I feel like based on what happened, I learned more than I'd learned in weeks, months uh, of off-roading. So I'm gonna, I'll set up some of the problems that happened. And, you know, I want, I want you, Scott, to talk about uh, some of the solutions that uh, you and Pat looked at and trying to get me through it. Cause I know you guys were obviously talking in the vehicle, seeing exactly what's happened to the shift of weight in, in my vehicle right. from behind. Right. Um, so basically we were going off and we were doing some photography stuff with Mike and Ralph camo. And we got to a point where there's a slight incline. And again, you know, six, about six inches, six, eight inches of snow on top of ice at points. And there was a, uh, a road, a trail that led out, and it was uh, enough to fit a vehicle, one vehicle on, and it had a slope on one end of it, on the right end of it going uphill. And so every time I got on the brakes just a little bit, the rear end, because of the weight, I have Overland Springs on my, on my rig, but it's super weighted down. I have a CBI off-road bumper on the rear, dual swing arm. It has a spare tire. It has fuel. It's completely packed and loaded out. It started to shift and actually go down the downslope side, obviously, and there was a river embankment. Um, 50, 50 feet. about 50 feet down. And so I stopped and I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know if I feel comfortable doing this. And so I actually thought the solution would be to potentially winch up somewhere as an acre point ahead of me. Cause there's plenty of, uh, um, Oak and a there's Aspen out here as well to tie into just to, as an, a secure point. Um, but then Pat and, um, um, Scott, Scott were communicating to me on the CB. They kind of walked me through it a little bit, but then Pat actually got out and started coaching me uh, on the fly as we were going through. So what, what was what was the issue that I was having? I mean, I know I was aired down at some point to about, I aired down to 18 PSI. What did you see from your perspective? Well, it's kind of a, it, you got to look at it in a kind of different aspect. Because when you are in the vehicle, it is leaning. But when it leans, it's you feel like it's really, really leaning. And um, when you're outside, it's not so bad. But the second you put on your brakes and you... Um, you're in the ice's territory now and your your vehicle is going to do what the terrain is wants you to wants it to do basically um but a smooth as the, the bumps and the rolls that we're going over you almost use those to your advantage and that at that point um you started doing really smooth less less hard braking and just go with with the vehicle your vehicle is always going to slide on ice and and stuff like that but if you can control it being smooth and just try to think clear. And that's really hard to do because once you, your nerves are gone, that's, you know, you're at mercy. At yeah, absolutely. I, in fact, it's the, like I said, it's the first time I actually got a little bit of adrenaline because I'm like, man, 
the worst case scenario for me would be the rear end would drift downhill and I would have to bail out of the vehicle, which I don't know why this has happened to me so many times. I've actually had happen a couple times um, with ATVs uh, in austere environments as well as uh, actual vehicles. And so when I felt that rear end that um, start to go, it's interesting because Pat laid it out really, really well. He's like, hey, man, when you hit the brake, immediately you break past that bit of powder that you had that was offering you traction and you get straight down to the ice. And right, so right. you've already lost momentum and now you've lost the depth of traction and now you're stuck on a sheet of ice with one wheel on. And starting over. And Yeah, and starting <laughs> over, exactly. <clears throat> yep. And so um, what's what I realized in this situation, it reminds me of, I've been to a whole bunch of rally race car schools, uh, Team O'Neill, uh, I'll shout out to them because I've, I've been to their uh, race car school in New Hampshire. And there's a lot of things that we learn in that race car school about uh, counter anything, you know, counter steering, counter inputs, modulation, all this stuff that's counterintuitive. Like a, one of my favorite turns, I can't, it's a pendulum turn. A pendulum turn is you come wide of the, uh, the, the A corner and you're, as you come in with a nose, you actually basically lock up the brakes and take your nose away from the corner which basically puts you in a drift. And as you're in the drift, your rear end's uh, lost, you counter or you steer the opposite direction into the corner and it whips the, the, the car around into a pendulum turn, which is a tactic used instead of using an e-brake because you lose time, momentum, speed, velocity, a whole bunch of things when you uh, e-brake. And that took me, like my brain couldn't comprehend that. And so the same thing that happened here was, I was like, He's telling me to turn, I think it was you was telling me, both of you guys were telling me to turn this, the wheel up towards this, the incline, right? And as I was turning up to stay on the gas, and I like how put, Pat put it, he put it at a uh, walking speed. Because mm -hmm. if you're at a walking speed, that's a good enough pace to maintain traction, um, which I thought was super squared away. And, you know, when you, in this environment, I know you guys were talking about it, you and Mike were talking about it. Um, what kind of things will you see? I mean... You could be out here 40 degrees and then have a temperature change at night, which would put you in something cat uh, potential cat uh, catastrophic, right? Right, right. And every temperature, you can go into a trail and it could be nice and cool, as you kind of seem to. Um, but as you go down the trail, it's going to warm up during the day. And when you come back, that's a totally different train at that point. <laughs> it's it's sometimes slipperier. Um, but it, we, it, we turned around in a good spot so that you can the snow upper part is going to pack. And as long as you keep that slow momentum, not dig down, it typically does very well. Yeah. But once you get down to that ice sheet, that's where you try to stay on top of that. But what would have, what would have been the evolution of, um, recovery or trying to get through that? If it got to the point where maybe the slope was more inclined mm -hmm. and we, we were looking at the rear and potentially going over the edge, what, what would you have done? We would probably at that point, uh, use your winch or um for instance mike's we've been in a couple situations like that and uh where you go as far as you can go and <laughs> your vehicle slides sideways and we've um used kind of a pulley um in a triangle to pull the vehicle sideways getting back on the trail um where he can connect for traction and um we use a lot of shovels i'm big on that awesome uh, well that's interesting i mean your rig, let's talk about your rig a little bit because you, you do have a, a Toyota Tacoma. And, you know, we're big fans of Toyota because of reliability right. and uh, what they're capable of off-road. What, what, what are some things that you got done to your Toyota that, are, that you think are a must out here 
Um, I've got, so it's a 2013 Tacoma. I've got a six inch lift. Um, I'm not, usually I'm not a big about lifting them high, but I do want the appropriate tire. The bigger the tire, the more obstacles you can go over with uh, less effort. Um, and I can air down. Um, but they are very aggressive tires, the needle mud grapplers. They're super loud. Um, but it gives me ultimate traction and they've got really good sidewall. So I can air them down to probably 10 PSI, even on my 20 inch wheels, um, to get the best traction you can do. Um, and I've got, I'm trying to think of everything else. I just, uh, installed a Smittybilt winch. Um, and I'm really excited to put that. And I typically don't use a winch. I don't go to hit a trail to use my winch. It's last priority. Um, yeah. It's the same way with a lot of um, off-roading that I do. I go into, I need, I want a secondary out. So if I'm going in in two-wheel drive and then I need four-wheel drive, at that point I can decide, okay, do I need to keep going forward um, or do I need to turn around at this point? I like I like to have secondaries and I always carry a shovel, like I said before. Um, that's interesting you said that. So you like you like to have contingencies as backups where right. where you use the capability of what you have until it's no longer valid and then you transition where most so people I would go. To, yeah. So if you start in full drive and you get stuck in full drive, you have no other option at that point. Got um, it. Yeah. So I like to do that where I off-road a lot um by myself and I like to adventure um in this area a lot. So Doing that, I like to go in, yeah, in two-wheel drive because I have that secondary out if I need it. Um, that's smart, man. That's a well. That's a good it way of. You. you also, yeah, it teaches you the capability of what you have. You know, people go into four-wheel drive and they hit the trail. Like I, I was locked up. I had you know my rear differential yeah. locked up, and I had, um, you know, four. It was in four low, and when I thought about that, I'm really like, man, I, I should have ran it until I needed it. So I understood the capability of when I needed it. Cause I never, I would never know the transitional point in right. which I needed it. If I just ran it, you know, four wheel drive locked right. up all the time. And you can go up here, you can go around a couple corners and it, it gets deep quick in the snow. Yeah. You know, but same as mud. Um, if, if you're going through a, a spot like that, like me and Mike have found out, um, doing that is, uh, it's okay to be in four wheel drive, but it's crazy that the gear ratio from going from four high to four low yeah. is worlds different of traction and the slight, uh, left, right of your steering wheel, slightly back and forth can keep you going. But the key is, is if you start to do that, um, and it starts to dig at all, you let off. Once you dig down, you're, you're not done. going forward, yeah. you're not going backward. And that gets really hard where most of the time without winches, you, you have a toe strap. And once you get to that point, you're both tight, which we've been in that situation before you're, he's stuck, I'm stuck and the rope's tight. At that point, you're <laughs> yeah, you're in a world of hurt. Yeah, Falling out the shovels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there comes the shovel. So what, what's a um, you know, you're the first person I've heard actually talk about shovels, and I used it today. Mm. I think for this is like the second or third time I've ever used shovels, and, and typically it was associated with mud or snow. Right. And what would you say would be the top three things that you would carry or that you would have in your rig or on your rig um, whenever you're going out in backcountry? Because this is this is considered backcountry, right? Yeah. Um, I think a shovel is a number one must for me. Um, you can use it for a lot of different things, but just as your maybe household type things. But um, I always keep ratchet straps and a toe strap. Um, I think that's a, a very good thing to have uh, and a couple of them at that. They break a lot. Um, and then for me, I always have an extra pair of clothes, which is, you know, as far as a coat or um, something like that, because of up here, it can change quickly. Um, 
and you don't want to be in a situation like that. Your your vehicle, yeah, you're in it, it's warm, but if no one finds you for a couple of days or so, your gas will run out, and at that point, you will get cold. Yeah, we just talked about that as, as far as exposure, Kurt, right? Somebody, yeah, dude. somebody passed away, a kid was lost and probably died of hypothermia out here. Yeah, they just, uh, he showed up from Wyoming of all places, decided to go hiking over Christmas, staying at his grandparents, uh, never came back. And they just barely found his body uh, up Providence Canyon. Yeah, four months later. Yeah, four months later. Four months later? Yeah, yeah, they just barely found him. You can't find someone when they're off in the wilderness like that. Yeah. yeah. The snow is deep here. Yeah, so and you know, that's, uh, you know, we teach that in survival. Exposure is what's going to kill you the quickest. Yep. Not food or water. I mean, water, two, three days, four days. Out here, you can, there's water everywhere, so that's not an issue. But the exposure, yep. the, the wide temperature swings, the mm -hmm. snow getting wet. I mean, that could put you in a world of hurt. Well, yeah. I think the number of times that Scott and I have been, you know, off-roading or even just on, you know, paved roads playing in the snow, and we found someone in a sedan or, or you know, a small SUV that's that's Stuck. buried in the snow. Whoa. And, and, you know, they're out there in, you know, pants and a T-shirt or a light jacket. And, and it's funny, too, because really all it takes to get them out half the time is five minutes with a shovel. Yeah. Like, if they had a shovel, they'd be out in five minutes and be on their way. But like Scott said, having that shovel and, and I think that the extra pair of clothes really are crucial for the majority and, of the year here. Another thing personally for me is I always I always carry a lighter. And that, to me, I like, it's, you know, another, um, I guess, source of heat, you know. You can, you can start a fire almost anywhere if you're smart about it. Yeah. So I, I typically, with when I go on big trails, I'll yeah. have some wood and stuff like that. But yeah, there, that's, like he said, we've, we've found a lot of people... Um, I've, ha I've found people that have stopped at these bathrooms up here that are closed for the winter and they get out of their car, go to the bathroom, but they, the doors are locked. So then they go back and they have locked themselves out of the car. Oh. This happened to an elderly woman that I helped get into her car. And if I wouldn't have been there, I don't know that she'd have made yeah. it through the night. That's, in, that's crazy, man. That's, that's, that's insane crazy. to even think about how those small decisions. And I mean, you don't even think about that, right? Yeah, An elderly woman going to the bathroom. She's yep. just thinking, I'm going to the bathroom. She comes back and doesn't realize yeah. she's stuck in the elements. There's nobody around here. Yeah. She can't go anywhere. Well, that's crazy, it man. It can happen quick. Yeah. Hide a spare key on your vehicle. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, yep. that's a good point All too. All my vehicles have a hidden key, and I know where they are. Yep. That's rule awesome. of thumb: if you're going out and you're questioning it, don't go out by yourself. Yeah, yeah especially you somewhere you haven't been. That's why coming with us today, like you're adventuring a new place that you haven't been. But yeah. we've been here. We know this area. Yeah, I, I think that that trailhead guide, trail guide kind of concept. I mean, it's not a concept, it's reality, but it, you know, if you're smart, when you're out here doing this for the first time, you use somebody like that. And, you know, I talked to you offline a little bit, but I think it'd be cool to come out here and hopefully this week I'll know the rest of my year schedule, but to do some courses out here and then yeah. have you use a, a trail guide and it'd just do be, stuff yeah. all through this terrain because you know it like the back of your hand. Yeah, it'd be fun and it'd be fun to get um, a group together that, you know, everyone's has their own groups, but a bunch of enthusiasts, I don't really care what you drive. And it's crazy to see how his Subaru. Mike drives a Subaru, yeah. yeah. You know, it's crazy to see yeah, that Mike. his Subaru <laughs> does really, really well. But it, he's being calm, but he's very receptive. If somebody's, you know, teaching you something, try to be receptive. Even though it's hard for me to do that, um, I get a little hard-headed at times. But the whole you're out here to have fun, and you can learn every single time you're on on the trail. You know, just be receptive to what's around you and. and and things like that. Well, I think, uh, I mean, I've, I've wheeled with quite a few guys, and I think when you realize that you're out there as a team, like you're not out there to show that you're cooler than anyone else, your rig's better than anyone else, like, and that's a great thing wheeling with, with 
good guys is that you're out there as a team. And it's not it's not something to show off to each other. It's something to help each other go on an adventure. Yeah, it's a learning uh, experience. Yeah, and and you help each other's rigs get to where you need to go. In, and it's yeah. the, it's teamwork. Some of the novices that have gone with us and um, they they are so apologetic. I'm so yeah. sorry I got stuck. I'm so sorry, you know, and I don't look at it that way. Like, this is fun. This is cool, you know, yeah. and, and now you learn and I learn. I would rather have that in the adventure because you're learning. You're, yeah. It's never, it's Even never a got, dull you know, moment. Two trucks and two Jeeps pulling out one truck. <laughs> yeah, that was. happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, um, you know, every, you know, me and uh, Kurt had this conversation, like every industry space has its band of, egomaniacs and you're always going to find them right they're elitist in every single field i came from the tactical industry i think i'm still in it a little bit but i mean you find some of the biggest heads there but it that's that's the truth is when you do something like this and you're experiencing something where it could benefit actually your life you know you come out here you're more mindful it's like meditation for me it's therapy for me and you come out here you learn something and you're around like-minded people uh don't have the ego leave the ego at home yeah. And then, uh, and and then learn. And I, I think every opportunity that you can get in overlanding or off roading, and like um, like you guys were saying about the uh, Subaru, you don't have to have a tricked out rig to be able to have a good time and learn something. Yep. I mean, you can come out here in your Civic if you're willing to put some dents in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe we get a flat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's really cool to understand the capability of your vehicles. We talk about everyday mobility. And the whole concept is your vehicle is the extension of your rucksack. I mean, you're only as capable as your mindset and the equipment that could facilitate your survival in a bad situation. So if you have a vehicle and it's loaded down, if you have a tourniquet you carry in your pocket, well, why would you not have an aid bag or a medical bag that you carry in your vehicle? And so it's like an upgrade to uh, the extension of your rucksack. And I think that mindset with having a positive attitude coming out here trailing, I mean, me and Travis, (laughs) we already get attacked. By the overland and off-road community because they're like, look at those morons doing off-road stuff. I'm like, really? I mean, really? There's that much toxicity and people overlanding and enjoying the outdoors. Um, But, you know, we we block, ignore, and delete, uh, control, delete all those people. Out of our, our out of our space because the the uh, mindset that we want to create is a positive one and with positive experiences and I I think yeah. we had one today. I what I liked I heard Scott say it was uh, I'd rather be the guy that helped than the guy that hated. Yeah, yeah. You oh, know, absolutely. I mean, who wants to be? I mean, really, when it comes down, do you want to be known as a hater? Yeah. Or do you want to be known as the guy that helped a guy out and helped him get home safe? Yeah. And there's tons of haters. If you're dealing with that kind of hate, just control all delete, man. Yep. It's, it's so easy on the internet. You just block them. <laughs> that's right. Um, and that's, that's what we'll continue to do. Cause honestly, it's, we're doing all this stuff because, uh, we want to educate people. It's not like we get paid to go over landing. That's right. If we did, uh, it probably wouldn't be as fun to be honest. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm going to pass it over to Pat. I'm going to ask in survival type situations, uh, what do you think? If you had to give me one tool that you would carry on you, uh, either on your person, like individually, or in your vehicle, what would that tool be, and why? My Leatherman, my multi-tool. Use it more times than not. Yeah. I can do anything with it. I can get myself out of a bind if I have to wrench on a vehicle. I can use it. I've got mechanic friends who are like, "Hey, pass me multi-tool." Hand it, hand it over, and they use it when they're at their mechanic shop. They don't need to go to their toolbox or anything. Like, you can can opener on it. It has everything on it. Screwdrivers, you name it. You can whittle with it, make a shelter with it. I've used this to make shelters. 
lost lost mine and just got a new one. Nice. I, I, you know, that's it's funny because that's actually when I was in the military, that was mine. You know, I carried from E1 private to a sergeant major. I was never too cool to carry a Gerber. I mean, I had a Gerber on my belt the entire time or a Leatherman. And, you know, having a multi-tool um, in any situations is, I mean, everybody, I don't know why, but everybody's, oh, you carry a multi-tool? That's weird. You're the weird guy until they need a multi-tool. Yep. Yep. And then you're like, oh, damn. You I'm, start fire with them? Everyone's yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. That's a good, that's a good uh, tool. Okay, let's go around. Kurt, what do you think? For me, it's it's my mind. You know, you got to stay cool under under pressure. Yeah. Um, I think there's, especially. I mean, even today, Mike, watching your rig, uh, I got nervous. I mean, I was on the camera and I got off the camera to see if I could help out. And so I think keeping just keeping your mind, uh, keep it calm, be able to think through your think through the issue because it doesn't help to freak out. So. Yeah, that's awesome. What about you? Mike, um, your camera. I, you can't see a camera, I say, I bro. Carry my my drone everywhere. <laughs> Find my way out with that thing. He starts uh, fires with his drone. Yeah, you can, you can. Um, I, I'd probably have to say the same thing as Kurt and Pat. I think, I think, uh, I mean, I don't carry a Leatherman, but I carry a knife everywhere, and that's that's the one thing that, yeah. I mean, that I always have with me because I just, I mean, it, it's a knife. Like you can always use it for for what you need. But but I'd have to side with Kurt too, saying that, that the mindset it is really important. My wife rolls her eyes at me because. I tell her all the time, my, one of my life mottos is action is better than inaction. And, and no matter what situation you're in, you can't freeze up. You can't, you can't stop doing something. You have to act. Um, and I, I, I tell people a lot, my caveat on that is you have to be humble because there are times that you act and then you realize you acted wrong, whether it's in you know, a survival situation or a day-to-day situation, that you act and then you realize it was a wrong decision and you need to be able to, to uh, you know, be humble enough to change that decision and, and as you take new information and uh, make a new decision. But I, I would have to say that's probably my, no matter what situation you're in, whether, you know, you're on a slippery slope in the snow, like you can't just stay there. Like you got to make a decision and go that way. Uh, and then as you learn new information, you know, readjust that decision if needed. Nice. What about you, Scott? I, uh, again, how you said, what are the three things that I would probably uh, take? But I don't think there's really a number on what is the best, you know, for each individual. I agree. Um, I'll be like, Mike, I can agree with everybody. Um, the multi-purpose tool is super smart to have mm-hmm. in anything. Um, but mentally is, to be honest with you, that's a huge number one thing that you, you need to kind of overcome at times. Um, I agree with you fully on that. Um, you can take a situation that, that, you know, crossing a bridge, it's it's not bad. But if you put a 2,000-foot cliff on each side, you'd start to, you know, judge, is the integrity of this bridge really, <laughs> you know, strong? Um, but you start to, th- you don't think properly and, and it's, it's okay on any level at some point to just stop and whatever you're doing, whether it's off-roading or hiking or just enjoying these outdoors, but you stop, take a breath, you know, and everybody's capable of doing it, but it's, it's taking that power to realize I probably am pushing it and, and it's okay to turn around, you yep. know, in anything you do. So I, I agree with everybody with that. Yeah, I like I like all that input. You know, we you, I was just actually listening to a podcast, Joe Rogan. I actually talked to Kurt about this last night, where it said something like, uh, you know, it was talking about sleep deprivation, and it said that um, at the twenty hour mark of no sleep, after one day at the twenty hour mark, you're just as intoxicated as somebody who's drunk uh, intoxicated with alcohol, mm-hmm. and that's that's telling because compound lack of sleep with uh, stressful situation. You got cortisol in your system. It's stressful. And now your decision-making processes go out the window. 
and not to take that breath, not to understand uh, your own limitations mentally um, or physically, um, you could make a lot of mistakes. And what I've realized in traveling kind of the, the world and talking to people is the most the most rural, connected to nature human beings have the best mindsets. And it's because you, you can't really learn. And there's something called street smarts, right? Growing up in an inner city, which I, I kind of grew up in that environment. Yeah, you, you learn this uh, psychology that shapes you based off the experiences you have with people. But to have an interaction with nature, with its coming you know, at you at its worst, you learn all these hard lessons learn with things that can kill you. And you know, like you said about the, the older woman who went to the bathroom, that one decision you know, if you weren't there to, to help her, to save her, she would have perished. Mm-hmm. And so nature can kill you quicker than anything. And so you have to look at your environment and look at what you're doing on a daily basis and, and be critical of how you think through processes. And that's why I think it's so important to have, I mean, my best survival tool is, uh, um, I don't mean to call you guys tools, but you guys are my <laughs> multi-tools because right. I think associating yourself with a tribe of, of human beings who are like-minded who have specific talents. I mean, Pat is a professional um, uh, construction artist. I mean, he could build anything, right? Fabricator. He's yep. a fabricator. Yep. And then you look at Kurt and he graphic design and anything. Like, I mean, this dude is a genius when it comes to like visual art because he, I mean, makes camo for a living. <laughs> you have Mike, who's like a voyeurist by nature in the best way. <laughs> and, um, but having that visual understanding and grow, growing up in this environment, he sees things differently than yep. I would see him. And obviously, obviously, with Scott being a, a true mountain man, um, you're going to piggyback all that talent and all that experience to to make sure that you guys get it through it together. So I think uh, what I've realized is that you know just being in the short time that we've had together, I've learned a whole bunch, man. I, I appreciate you guys uh, spending time with me. I appreciate you guys sharing your knowledge and your experience. No, and uh, a lot from you too, man. Yeah, oh yeah, man. Always two way street. Yeah, yeah. Grow, I appreciate grow it. the brotherhood. I appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely. This will not be the uh, the end of this. Um, like I talked with Scott, we'll, we'll talk with all you guys and figure out a, a way to bring uh, people who aren't used to this terrain to step outside their comfort zone and come here and be a part of this experience. And and hopefully we'll get some people on board. So. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, guys. Hey, so uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, you guys can hit us up on philcraftsurvival.com. Uh, the Instagram handle is the same. Um, I won't throw them out my personal because I don't want any more crazy DMs for people. Um, but you guys, uh, if you guys want to, please give me your Instagram handle so uh, I could put them out there so people could see kind of the experiences that you live and if you have it out there on social media. What's yours, Scott? It's Scooter Mize, uh, S K O O T E R, and it's based M I Z. M-I-Z, and that's yep. on Instagram, right? Yep, yep. And then Mike, one. yours again is? Uh, Mike Johnson dot photo. Mike Johnson dot photo. Okay, and then Kurt. At, at Ralph Camo. You got, a, you got a personal one too, right? Yeah, just at Kurt Little. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back into uh, town here shortly. Kurt will finally get off his uh, four-week vacation. Just kidding, Kurt. You've been working. You've been working. I yeah, appreciate who's, your work. Who's, who's sleep deprived? I know. I'm on the the field, like messing around, and he sees it on social media. And he's like, "You're on vacation," and then I'm ragging him for being on vacation. But Kurt and me will be back together here shortly. Um, be patient about the website because we're we're waiting to put up training because we're waiting to hear from some scheduling stuff this week. Uh, but we'll have basically the whole year's outline laid out next week on the website. Everything from overland off-road courses to medical courses. We got Jay Sylvester from Axis Performance teaching in California. 
Um, we'll have um, additional shooting courses in Phoenix, Arizona. We're actually doing a, a weekend course uh, for women only that Ashley Horner is going to be a part of, which would be really cool. Teaching self-defense, mindfulness, um, you know, how to, sh- how to conceal a gun, carry a gun, uh, basic fundamental stuff. So, yeah, tune in, guys, and I appreciate you guys tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Until next time, stay alert, stay alive. 